It is uh, obviously the week for me to interview uh, some authors from Kent, Connecticut, as we uh, spoke a little bit earlier this week with an interview will be coming up in just a few moments with one author from Kent. But we have another author now who uh, is a resident of Kent. Uh, Sergio uh, Troncoso is joining us right now. And let's uh, say good morning to Sergio. Sergio, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Marshall. Thank you for inviting me to your show. That's okay. Uh, so, you know, I did a little uh, a little googling on you <laughs> and see that uh, really you've uh you're I, I would consider four books a prolific writer uh and i didn't realize um now how long have you been a resident of kent sergio i've been in kent for 14 years wow now are you are you a part-time resident or kind of well uh, i mean we we come here months at a time okay so i would say we kind of shuttle between kent and new york and at the moment of course to <laughs> avoid the whole pandemic we've been here in kent all right. Well, so now you've got a pretty interesting life yourself. You're the son of a Mexican immigrant, uh, and you uh, grew up on the outskirts of El Paso, Texas. And the reason I bring those things up is before we get to your books about that, uh, these, this must be a most interesting time for you as the son of an immigrant uh, living in the United States to take a look around and see what's going on in our country. Well, it, it is, you know, it is... Um sometimes surprising the the misconceptions people have certainly of mexican immigrants both my parents were from mexico and they came over in the 50s and uh, they settled in a place called isleta which is on the eastern outskirts of el paso texas and they built their own adobe house we had kerosene lamps and stoves we didn't have electricity and we had an outhouse in the backyard that we ourselves dug out so it was this sort of focused on self-reliance on working extremely hard. I, I would call my father our Mexican Stalin because he would, he would work us until we dropped every single day, Saturdays and Sundays after school. And that kind of work ethic is, I think, what's typical of a lot of immigrant parents and immigrant children. You know, they really will, will, will focus on, on doing it themselves. And that's, that, those are the kind of values that I, I learned in El Paso and, and, and rural Texas. And we were probably a, a quarter mile from the border. And my mother still lives in the same adobe house we built. And now it's a suburb. So it's changed over time. And it, the streets were paved. And, you know, instead of being dirt streets, and it was annexed by the city, but I find a lot of commonalities. You know, I'm a basically a rural Texas kid, and living in Kent, chopping wood, uh, you know, working on my land. I do a lot of housework. I, for example, when we moved into our house in Kent, I, I finished the drywall in, I think, four of my closets, because I had been taught that by my father, how to do drywall. Although I'm a writer, you know, I actually like working with my hands. So that, that all of these things that I would taught by my parents to do for myself and, and, and work for myself have paid off in many ways. And I think that's sort of a very a common immigrant story that, that too often, I think, gets lost by the rhetoric that you find in terms of um, sometimes people being hateful against immigrants or really not understanding who they are and they, that they're very proud to be here, proud to be in the United States, and, and in many ways, exemplify very old New England values. All right. Uh, we're speaking with Sergio Troncosco. I have to ask this of you, Sergio. Uh, from your, your your humble beginnings, I think most of us have humble beginnings in life, unless, unless we're extremely, extremely lucky. But from your beginnings of life and growing up 
like you grew up to become a visiting professor at Yale, a novelist, an essayist? I mean, when did these visions first pop into your head uh, during your, 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 obviously, your maturing period? Right. Well, I mean, I, I was always interested in writing as a kid. And I was writing for the high school newspaper. I became editor of the Isleta High School newspaper at Isleta High. And my grandfather in Mexico was a very well-known uh, journalist, um, uh, Santiago Troncoso. He has a boulevard named after him in Juarez. And so if there's such a thing as a writing gene, it, it may have come from him. And also my grandmother on my mother's side, was a great oral storyteller. So I would bike from my little uh, area of town to downtown El Paso and go to her tenement and spend these, these hours and Saturday nights listening to my grandmother's stories about uh, Francisco Villa, Pancho Villa, the revolutionary. She was a teenager during the Mexican Revolution. And sort of exciting, violent stories as a kid, of course, I loved. So that sort of oral storytelling aspect I certainly got from my grandmother. And I started writing, you know, in in college and and really started taking off in in graduate school at Yale. I went to Harvard and then I went to Yale as a graduate student. And that in itself was a huge leap. Uh, For me, arriving in Harvard Square, I arrived in Harvard Square with Led Zeppelin T-shirts and (laughs) bell-bottom jeans and did not know that it snowed in New England. So I had to buy a used uh, a used coat at Keezer's at Harvard Square simply to stay warm because when it started snowing, I didn't have a coat. So it was sort of one thing after another, simply acclimating to a different place from the border. And then I loved New England. I loved the certainly the old New England. And 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 when we had a chance to to get a house in Kent. I was thrilled to do it, and and uh, and so I feel very comfortable here. I, I like the rural nature of it. All right, let's talk about uh, your latest book. Uh, let's, let's, let's delve into that. Now, um, what led to the writing of that? So it's a it's the latest book that just came out. It's my uh, I think it's my fifth book. Uh, it's a peculiar kind of immigrant son, and it's a collection of thirteen stories, and it's all about immigrants beyond the border. Um, the second story, for example, takes place in Kent, Connecticut, and it's about this this guy who moves from the border to Kent, and, you know, very similar to my story, but not not autobiographical. And he has an encounter with somebody who does not like immigrants here in Kent. And so the 13 stories are all um, trying to show immigrants succeeding and failing deep inside America, whether it's in the Midwest, in Kansas City, or in Kent, or in New York. And uh, it's also, I'm heavily influenced by, by Nietzsche. One of my graduate degrees at Yale is in philosophy, and so I'm into perspectivism. And so in these 13 stories, you see characters that appear in one story from one angle, and then reappear from another angle in another story. And so the, the reader is asked to, to think about herself what kind of perspective and prejudices she's bringing in to bringing these characters to life, and and what's the right character? And it's it's just, uh, sort of a, an old issue with with perspectivism that we are very different selves. Just like me, I am a kid from the border, but now I am somebody who teaches at Yale, and I'm also uh, one of my selves is a guy who loves to work on my house and chop wood in Kent, and so all of these things create my identity. 
And so this, this kind of playing with perspective is one of the things I'm doing in a peculiar kind of immigrant son. Now, Sergio, I mean, uh, do you have any book signings planned locally or, or, or where people can, uh, can, can stop by and see yeah. you and, and, and hear you, like lecture or even Zoom, uh, these Zoom meetings, which are all, all, all the rage now? Yeah, I'll, I'll be having a, um, a Zoom um, get-together at the Kent Memorial Library in the, in the fall, and I, I'm, I'm looking at the date, but it's, it's on my website, sergiotroncoso.com, and also at the House of Books in Kent, they have uh, a peculiar kind of immigrant son. I've talked to the, the manager there, and he's very excited. He's also, by the way, a Texas person, so he had actually heard about me before I, I walked into the store and talked to him. Um, so so I, will, I, I, will be, I will be having those... Uh, you know those get-togethers and locally, and that that'll be by the way the second time I've done a, a, a book reading in Kent. The first time for an earlier book, I we sold. Uh, well, we actually gave away tamales. Um, <laughs> <and so laughs> a lot of people were there for the tamales, but also for the book reading. And um, the people at the Villager, which is a great restaurant in Kent that I love, uh, who are Mexican, they said, "Oh yeah, we'll 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 bring tamales over for your reading." So we had a great get-together at the Kent Memorial Library. So we'll be doing that in the fall. Uh, I believe it's coming up in se- September. September. September 16th at 7 right. o'clock. Uh, and, yes. uh, and the Zoom information is available uh, at the Kent Memorial Library yeah. website. Mexican uh, Independence Day, by the way. Wow. Mexico is, so now, I, I, when you told me the tamale story, I thought maybe you made your own tamales. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I just love it. And it's, it's a sort of a taste from home. I really love tamales. But they're really hard to make, actually. Well, they are. I, it took me. I, this is no lie. I love tamales, and I decided to learn how to make them myself. Really? And and it took me. Uh, uh, once I try to do something, I do it until I can get it so it's halfway decent. It took me a week and a half, uh, uh, three or four times a day, of making tamales to finally get them where I where I said, "Okay, this is close enough to a tamale where I can." Where, where <laughs> well, I can. My, my mother keeps telling me, you know, you should open a Mexican restaurant up there in Kent if you if you really like it so much. I'm sure they don't have authentic food, and and it, frankly, they do at the Villager. But you know, when you get it right, it's such a right. the, the difference in the world. It's like you know, eating a bagel piping hot out of the oven versus a frozen bagel. Yes, there's a big difference. Well, once again. Uh, Sergio, uh, once again, your your book signing is coming up in September in Kent. But uh, once again, the, the website that people can go to find out more about you. Yeah, just my name, SergioTroncoso.com, and, and that's S-E-R-G-I-O, T as in Tom, R-O-N-C-O-S-O.com. And uh, all my readings and books are coming out. And I'm coming out with a new novel next year, as well as an anthology in which I'm the main editor of it. Well, uh, stay in touch with us because uh, it sounds like you uh, you have some uh, plenty of interesting stories, not only to write about, but also probably talk about as well. Yeah, and and by the way, the novel coming up, uh, half of the novel happens in Kent. <laughs> All right. So, so we we you know I'd love to have a chat about about that novel when it comes out. Well, give us a, just give us a call and uh, we'll set it up again. Okay. Thank you, Marshall. I love being on your program. Thank you, Sergio. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, Sergio Troncoso, uh, this morning here on Robin Hood Radio.